Welcome to Pardon Confusion. This is Paul Arnold, and I'm re-recording the intro because we finished our podcast, and after I said we were done, we had some great conversations, and this conversation I had with Ernest, one of my co-hosts who I've known for a long time, was just too funny not to include. So you'll hear that first, and then you'll hear a second introduction with me, Ernest, and Nate. So enjoy this special edition of Pardon the Confusion. Let me ask you one last question, Ernest. Did your kids... Make any comments when you were hosting the podcast a couple weeks ago? Did they say, hey, way to go, Dad, or did they even notice? <laughs> uh, Jordan gave me con- some constructive criticism. Oh, he did, did he? What did he say? Oh, yeah. Well, now, see, he listens to podcasts every day. He yeah. is a big podcast listener. He gave me some samples of some guys. He's big at listening to Joe Rogan. He's a big Joe Rogan fan. I've never listened to Joe Rogan, so... Well, I, I know him from news radio. That's all I know him from. I don't watch UFC, and I play the video game, but uh, I'm not a big UFC. But he gave me some constructive criticism. But he, like my wife, have not learned, or my boss, has not learned a very crucial thing about me. <laughs> I'm almost 63 years old, too late to change. <laughs> you, you have what you, you have. Get, you get what you get with me. I want to try that. I want to try that with Audrey, see if that works. If I say, Audrey, try that, say you, you get what get you get what, with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> bad habits already. I mean, that's that's how I came out. Audrey said she knew that a long time ago, so that's well, say, that, That's it. That makes life so much easier. I mean, you can't change me at this point, for good or bad. For good or bad, uh, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. And you know, sickness and health. Once, once hour, I'm gonna say that one thing where you go, "Oh my lord," and just shake your head. Does <laughs> it, did he really say that? Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnold, your host for tonight, and the two co-hosts I have are Ernest Watts and Nate Moyer. Guys, we've been doing this for quite a while, and I've never asked you this question, Ernest. What was the luckiest day of your life? The day I married my wife. Oh, you are so good. I had a feeling you were going there. But for just a slim moment, I thought you may say something different, like getting the best sports ticket ever. But, Nate, your luckiest day of your life. I Mine's a three-way tie between the birth of my two kids and marrying my wife. Oh, the trump card has been played, Ernest. Man, man. Well, you man. know what this means. It means our respective wives are finally listening to this. <laughs> they got nervous and uh, all that. Yes. I, I'm sure many people have been dissecting the whole Andrew Luck retirement. And you respect a guy that can walk away. I, I have no problems with him retiring. The timing sort of stunk, especially for the Colts. Um, but I'm going to ask you about who's unlucky in certain situations. So we know the Indianapolis Colts are unlucky that Andrew Luck retired. But who in the NFL is lucky because he retired? Ernest, what do you think? Anybody in the AFC South. The the division, right? Yeah, the (laughs) division. You know, the background of that story is they knew, according to Adam Scheffler, the Tuesday before. And originally they were going to announce it on Friday, but then they decided if they did that, it'd be a downer for the game on Saturday night. And that's when they they scheduled the original announce. The second announcement was going to be on Saturday, Sunday, but the word leaked out. So the Colts kind of overmanaged the PR aspect of this because I think if they had announced it on Wednesday, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have gotten the Indianapolis crowd booing and they have the right to do that. You pay your ticket as long as you're not vulgar. 
you can boo, you can do that. But uh, not a I, good I mean, luck, man. Not yeah, a good luck. I just I just think that was some micromanaging on their part in that respect. But the AFC South, I mean, right now the Jags and and the Titans and the Texans is going to be a lot easier, and and the pathway for the Patriots is going to be a lot easier to get to the Super Bowl. Mm. Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the division. I think they went from the favorites in the division to um, now a toss-up based on how Brissett is going to play quarterback. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on him now. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> Frank Wright's a pretty good coach. He's worked with some good quarterbacks. He's a quarterback himself. So if he can um, work some magic there, I think the Colts, I mean, they're not going to be as good as they were with Andrew Luck. But, you know, they could still win that division. But I think if you talk about the luckiest ones, you got to be – think about the other teams in that division that all of a sudden went from like, Oh, we might maybe, maybe at best get a wild card spot to, Hey, look at that. We might win the division. Right. Well, I heard that the Colts were not going to cancel his contract or sort of leave it open in case he came back later. But I have to think his agent right now is not feeling too lucky because he's not going to get percentages on the future stuff, at least for now. Um, but when you look, think about unlucky teams, Chicago Bulls were both lucky and unlucky because they were lucky they got Michael Jordan. Um, but when Michael Jordan retired, who was lucky because of his retirement? Who benefited the most from his retirement? Houston Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets and the Magic to a certain extent also because you had that in the East, you had uh, Hart, Penny Hardaway and Shaq, and they, they got the momentum for those two years. But... Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Robert Ory, and and Kenny Smith, that whole crowd. You got two championships. The alien, Rudy, Sam Cassell. You know, Rudy T, yeah, yeah, Sam Cassell. But Rudy T getting two championships because I kind of doubt that would have happened if, if he had not come in. I mean, it's just the timing in that respect. Mm. I was thinking of all the really lucky uh, NBA players. Will Purdue, to me, may be the luckiest NBA player because he won four championships with Jordan and one with the Spurs. And then Robert Ory won seven championships, like you said, three with Houston, three with the Spurs, and um, one with the Lakers, or something to that degree. Can you think of another NBA star that's just been lucky because they've been just in the right place? Oh, my. Well, Robert Ory is pretty good remember we talked a couple of weeks ago he's one of only two guys who have gotten three championships and three separate teams and the other individual that falls into that is uh john sally john sally's the guy who's got three rings with three different teams those, those type of players that that kind of come off the bench uh, steve kerr he's got what three championships uh one with the bulls two with the spurs and how many with golden state now yeah, well, as a player, uh, he earned the Golden State ones. I wouldn't, <laughs> except for one shot against. Let me see who was that shot against uh, for a championship for the Bulls. Uh, you know, he he would be considered a lucky player. I'm telling you, you said Bulls and you talk about unlucky. There's a name that leaped in my head real fast, like unlucky with the Bulls. That's Jay Williams. He was the number one draft. Oh pick, yeah, that's and, true. Motorcycle accident. I mean, and for a while there, they thought he, they were going to lose his leg, but he was one of the rookie of the year candidates when he went down. You think about players with injuries, and it's funny because everybody, I think of quarterbacks like this also. 
Greg Cook was a quarterback who was rookie of the year for Cincinnati in the 70. He was six foot five. He had he still has the rookie completion record, but he tore his rotary cuff. And and it just shows you the difference between old football and new football. Back then, when you tore your rotary cuff, his he was gone. He couldn't play football ever again. What's a what's sure. a rotary cuff? Are you talking about a rotor, rotor <laughs> cuff? A, or a rotary yeah, rotor, rotary, rotary, rotary cuff. Rotary, uh, yeah. Through, it's not the phone. Like it's not the phone that you dialed. Well, see, in the old days, we used to dial up the shoulder. In the old days, I didn't know what they called it. Actually, it's from a Mazda engine, those rotary engines, rotary cuff. But, Nate, who had that type of injury and has succeeded? Drew Brees. He had the same injury when he was with the Chargers, remember? And that's why the Dolphins, and uh, who was the Dolphins coach at that time? I think he's at Alabama right now, Saban. That's why the Dolphins wouldn't pick him up because everyone told him you can't recover from that type of injury. So there's been a lot of players. Uh, Kyle Borland, who was uh, all-rookie linebacker, San Francisco, got a concussion, retired after one year. Because mm. yeah, the big argument you heard after Luck was, ooh, Ooh, is this going to change football? Are the young players going to retire early? This has happened before. You even go go too far. I can name two Cardinal quarterbacks that retired in their prime. One they remember, the one was before his time. But Jake Plummer, when he got traded to Tampa Bay, he retired when he was 31. Neil Lomax, mm. whose numbers are actually better than Andrew Luck, retired at age 29. Uh, it was a Cardinals quarterback because of hip condition, mm. because of his arthritis in his hip. I just thought it was because he was on the Cardinals. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, he was <laughs> he was an all-pro quarterback. So we've had guys retire at 30 quarterbacks in the NFL. We've had young guys walk away. Usually it's injury, just like luck. Terrell Davis was only 29 years old when he left the Broncos so, after two championships. So we haven't talked too much about Luck's actual decision. Nate, in your podcast, I'll give a little love to the Trumbull dads here, um, you, you and your buddies, what was the main takeaway you thought? What did the guys think about Luck's retirement? Well, I think it was definitely a shock. Um, I think we kind of thought that the timing was a little bad because – he kind of hurt the Colts and the respect and the you know the respect that they couldn't draft a quarterback or work something out in the offseason. They're stuck a couple weeks before the season starts with this news. So, uh, but at the end of the day, you know he's been a good quarterback for the Colts. He's a smart guy. He's a bright guy. He's got a degree from Stanford. So, you know, he has every right to to leave if he wants to do that. If he wants to retire, if that's what's best for him. And I think any good fan out there, if I was a Colts fan, I'm disappointed that he's leaving but I, I would never boo the guy you know like they were booing him you know it's like hey that's a bummer we'd love to have him but that's a, you know it's a bummer you're not upset um so but does I, this know, there's other fans more? are just upset but does this hurt more than when peyton manny left um i don't think so um peyton, peyton got him a super bowl yeah peyton got him a super bowl but i think they kind of saw what was going on with his neck and i think they kind of saw the writing on the wall, but they didn't. They draft. They were going to get luck anyway. When they, uh, that they was the whole, they weren't going to do. That was the suck for luck because the year before, <laughs> they thought what a great model. Well, that was that's what the, they said the Colts were trying to do. I thought we were going to keep uh, this a clean program here. Well, I, that's the Colts. I didn't come up with it. All right, all right. 
the year before he was going to come out as a junior and the Panthers had the number one pick. And obviously he didn't want to play for the Panthers <laughs> and he played his senior year. Cause the big question was, we got a consolation prize in cam. And I'll be honest right now, when you compare the careers, I like cam's career. I know I'm prejudiced, but I like cam's career as opposed to what Luck's done. Uh, cam's I mean, cam, no bargain right now with his health though. Well, no, but he's got us to a Super Bowl. He's been MVP, and he's been to twice as many championship games as Luck has. And and teams mirror each other because one of the big problems we've had with the Panthers is they've been on the cheap on the offensive line. They've never invested. Management has never invested in the offensive line, and that's been the same thing you've heard about the Colts. And we've never had, when Steve Smith left, we never had that great receiver, and except for Garcon, they've really never had a great receiver with the Colts while Luck's been there either, or a great running back for that matter. Mm-hmm. Is it sad to me that, or is it sad to you guys that when I hear the word Garcon, I think of Beauty and the Beast and that singing um, uh, lamp stand? Is that just sad for a 57-year-old guy to admit that? Well, see, I think of Pierre Garçon. I think of the wide receiver. I know. Well, you have grandkids now, Paul, so that's, I'm that's, okay. that's allowable. I'm not okay. I think Thanks, you're okay. Man. Give me your path. All right, we'll move on to another lucky or unlucky. We all know that Trent Dilford was the luckiest man alive to be the Raiders, Ravens, excuse me, the Ravens quarterback in, in the Super Bowl when they won it all. And the next year, he was unlucky when they cut him to put Elvis Gerback as their quarterback. So, who was unlucky that year in the Super Bowl or in NFL when Trent was so lucky? Who was unlucky? Uh, Kerry Collins for throwing five interceptions in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I had to do it somehow, Ernest. Sorry. Oh, well, he wasn't a Panther then. It's just a former number one draft pick. But, uh, and, and Jim Fossil, for that matter, because I thought Fossil mismanaged that whole Super Bowl. And, we see how many job offers he's gotten since he left the Giants. Not that Gruden's done well either, because if I remember correctly, Gruden hasn't had a winning season since that Super Bowl. Knock on wood. Gruden. Well, since that Super Bowl, yeah, because he had a good one with the Raiders before he went to Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it got them to the point where they were the opponents in that Super Bowl. But yeah. It, I mean, it's... it's it, it, it's timing. It really, truly is for all these guys. It's, it's just, and health has to do. I mean, you look back, injuries. It, it that's just part of the NFL. That's that's part of it. Yeah. In that respect, every year you get, you know. I mean, look at how much, how little Aaron Rodgers has played the last three years. Uh, and it, would you be surprised right now if Aaron Rodgers retired? No, I guess not. I mean, in a way, what is else is he going to do? But, um, State Farm commercials. Yeah. yeah. Or that, you see that, that glorious mustache. He has a full Fu, Fu Manchu now, so he can he can rock that mustache. Mm. All right, Nate, I got another question for you. Who sure. is luckier, David Tyree or Eli Manning for the Giants? Uh, I want to say, I, I, I guess on this one, I would, I would say the luck goes to Eli because he scrambled and kind of threw it in the vicinity and Tyree made the catch. So I guess you could either you could say it either way, but I think Eli, you know, I think he, for lack of a better better term, basically you know threw it threw up a little hail, mini hail mary to see what he could get, and that's what happened. So 
I don't know, but you could do that. But David Tyree really kind of didn't kick around. He kicked around the league another season or two, and he was gone. Right. But he's always remembered for for that one. So I don't know. I guess the luck can be on both sides, but I think I'd have to give the edge to Eli because I feel like he it, it looked almost like his eyes were closed when he threw it, <laughs> if you look at the highlights. <laughs> Probably were. He was like self-protection. Ernest, can you think of any NFL player in your lifetime that you thought was just so lucky undeservedly? Oh, my. I mean, the gut feeling is to say Brady, isn't it? But we're not going to do that. Because Brady, Brady works very hard at his craft yeah. in that respect. Uh, extremely lucky. I'm trying to think NFL. I mean, I think, there are a lot of guys that, 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 yeah. that seem to catch on in that respect. But, no, I mean, these guys work very hard. I, I, we use that term a lot. I, there are more guys who are unlucky because of injuries or situation or the coaches they play under. In but college even guys, football, you get more lucky plays, don't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As I mean, much as we love Doug clear. Flutie, I mean, that was pretty like luck on his side that everything went through on that. Or here we were talking to Nate, who loves the Irish, the luck of the Irish when things just seem to work out, except for in the national championship type playoff. Or but, playoffs. Yes, or right. Playoffs. Yes. I'll always remember the when they played Colorado. When was that? 88, 89 for the, in the orange bowl for the national championship mm-hmm. and, uh, rocket Ismail returned. They, they were down five in the last minute of the game and rocket returned to kick off all the way. And they called this lame holding call on the other side of the field. Mm. That was 91 because that's when Colorado split the championship with ne- Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska. It was a co-championship it was 90. And that's one of the few times there was no luck of the Irish in that respect. But it's 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 more in college football, I agree, because pro guys work very, very hard. There's more bad luck than there is good luck. Yeah, definitely. There have been some coaches. I would, I would say if you want to talk about, about a, a talk about a lucky player, how about the punter for Alabama? Does he ever come out? <laughs> Except for the Clemson game last year, I guess he actually was in there a few times. But do you ever, do you ever see the Alabama punter come out? In the good, SEC games, it's good Alabama's job to always, have. Yeah. They're, they're lucky coaches. I always thought uh, Brian Billick was a lucky coach. I, I just think he got. I think that was more the defensive team that that won that Super Bowl that they had with Dilfer than anything else. I mean, kind of like was, Bob Brenly with the Diamondbacks when they won the World Series. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I just I, usually the, I think that was a program that was set up, and again, the right, defense I think. was just. So, yeah, more lucky coaches than players in that respect. Because, uh, you know, they Dilfer, I think, had the second worst regular season rating to win a Super Bowl. You knew it was the all-time worst regular season uh, record to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Joe Namath? Uh, try Peyton Manning. Really? Oh, with Denver? Denver. Wow. He threw more Denver. interceptions than touchdowns that year. Wow. Okay. And that hurts because the team he beat was my Carolina Panthers. So that really hurts when you think about it. Dilfer had a workmanlike record, but again, he was not viewed that much. And 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 I guess I guess you gotta say Gerbeck was lucky because he would always show up. He was with the 49ers, he was the Chiefs, and they'd have great regular seasons and he would flop in the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know why people had so much faith and and no Paul this is not because he was a Michigan grad, he was one of those guys that and it, 
I don't know what Joe. I don't know what Bill Walsh saw. Bill Walsh saw in him. I don't know what Dick Vermeil saw in him. Well, and, he played well, but he the real his real talent was leaving the building. So you know, boom boom. Kurt Warner was pretty lucky with the circumstances. I think. Yeah, that's true. He was but, unlucky, and then he was lucky. I think um, you know, he got put in some great circumstances after playing in the Arena Bowl, and then he got thrown into the spotlight in with the Rams, and he stepped right in and got, you know, took him to a Super Bowl. That means Trent Green was unlucky because he's the one that broke his leg in the final mm. exhibition game, the game starting. But, you know, even before he was in Arena League and in the NFL Europe, he was in a Green Bay uh, training camp, and they had him, of course, Favre, they had Ty Dittmer, and and uh, someone else who's a starting NFL. It was just a loaded training camp, and he got very few snaps at that time. Mm. Uh, Doug Peterson Doug. was the fourth quarterback, the coach oh. for the, the Eagles right now. <laughs> and sometimes you create your own luck. I mean, you could say that Peterson against um, the Patriots created his luck to have that uh, tight end pass to the quarterback, Foles. You know, so is that lucky or you create your own luck? And I agree that NFL and Major League Baseball work so hard to get to the level they are that you can't call it luck at that point. You, there's so much preparation. But let's move on to somebody that also retired um, but didn't retire so recently. Rob Kronkowski retired, and he had a really interesting response to um, Luck's retirement, saying that um, you know he could understand that football was getting him down, but Gronkowski's been known for being just a good-looking, well, maybe not good-looking, fun-loving guy. And so I have a game called Gronk or Not Gronk. So I'm going to give you a quote from a football player. It may be Gronk, it may not be Gronk. So, Nate, do you understand the concept? Yes. All right. It may be the lamest one we have yet, but I'm going to try it anyways. <laughs> All right. So this is the first quote. Gronk or Not Gronk. I've been big ever since I've been little. I'll say not Gronk. Yeah, not Gronk. You are right. It is William Refrigerator Perry, the former Bears defensive tackle and sometimes running back. All right, Ernest, you ready? Yes. I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Gronk or not Gronk? I got to say that's Gronk. Oh, I thought you'd get this. That's not Gronk. It's Terry Bradshaw. When he was, I may, I may disagree with Terry Bradshaw, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, the next one, Nate. All right, I, I was shy at dancing. I practice at home. I was practicing in the mirror. I was dancing everywhere. Then I just started feeling good. I started Gronk. feeling coordinated. I started feeling music better. That's Gronk. Yeah. Did you see the clip of him on top of Shaq's shoulders at a like a rave down in Miami? If you don't haven't seen it, look it up. Okay, right. I'll look that up. That's funny. Yeah. Ernest, you ready? Yes, far Gronk. away. Gronk or not Gronk? Guys always follow me in the bathroom and ask for pictures and stuff. That sounds like something Gronk would say. Yes, or it Brady. is. Brady. It is Gronk. It is Gronk. Let me ask a quick question. Who's more apt to come back, him or Luck? Ooh, that's a good question. I think Gronk because he won't have to come back till like, a week or two before playoffs and probably won't skip a beat. If he goes back with Brady, he could probably come back quickly where I think luck might have to get, you know, used to the timing and all that thing, all that down where I think Gronk could step in, even if it's not with Brady, actually, now that I think about it, if it's somebody with a system, he's 
familiar with, he wouldn't have to play the whole season. He could come in the last couple games and be there for the playoffs. Mm. So he could pick his team, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what the conspiracy conspiracy theorists are saying? Tell me, tell me. Who who's the commissioner of the uh, uh, the new football league, XFL? Oh, man, Oliver Luck. Oh, his dad. The rumor going around is that after the first year, he's going to be awarded a franchise on the West Coast. And that he will induce his son to take a year off and come back. I don't think so. Because hmm. they'll need a star. They're, every The only one of these leagues, and those who've listened to our previous podcasts have helped me recite the 12 failed football leagues. <laughs> the only one of these leagues that succeeded was the AFL. And that's because they got a star in Joe Willie Namath. Now, I don't put a lot of stock in it. But plausibility possibility hmm. you've been watching the x-files lately Ernest? yes 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 and, and stranger things also paul what who so you're who do you think's more apt to come back neither one of them might not i think who grok think? is more likely to come back i for the, what nate was saying that he come back play half a season uh limit his time out there i think luck is truly done i think he's smart enough his body hurts too bad and we really don't know all the injuries he had so i think He's the type of guy. I think once he's gone, he's gone. I think, yeah, Gronk, I mean, Gronk could use it um, for his personality. Where I think Luck can make another career at this point, and, and you know, he could do like he, stuff with you know, he could coach high school or he could do little, um, you know, fun flag football or something like that. If he really misses it, you know, the I think. Colts did not have to pay the remainder of the. They could have asked for a portion of the bonus back. But it kind of makes you think that they were trying to keep good relations that if he does consider it sometime in the future, maybe come back to the Colts. Right. Well, if he gives it a year and comes back, right, he still technically would be under contract with the Colts. Yeah, as long as – but see, if they had not agreed to pay the rest of the contract and if they had demanded part of the return of the bonus – then he technically, after one year, would have been a free agent. Like the Lions did with Calvin Johnson, which was totally soured Johnson. Johnson won't show up for any Lion situation in Detroit, and they're trying to make amends now. But when he retired, they asked for the money back, and he was not happy about that. Didn't so, they do that with Billy Sims and Sanders also? Probably, probably. All right, I have one last quote here. Uh, I think it's Nate's turn, and then we'll move on to our next segment. Ready, Nate? Gronk yep. or not Gronk? People say I'll be drafted in the first round or maybe even higher. I want, I want to say it's Gronk. He went to University of Arizona. That makes sense. <laughs> no, <clears throat> it's uh, Craig Ironhead Hayward, who used to play for the Saints. The late Craig. Yes, right. He is no longer with his son is playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the defensive line, but uh, Ironhead is no longer with us. Yeah. See, I was thinking draft like fantasy football draft, like <laughs> he was talking about. If he got fantasy football drafted, I liked one thing I did like about Gronk is I believe he was just living off of his endorsements. Right. He uh, he didn't yep. spend any of his NFL money. Right. I know. So he was smart in that way, and I think he'll have a lot of fun, and he'll sell a lot of CBD oil, whatever that stuff is. Right. It'd be fascinating to see how the Patriots, because they've already lost, they've cut one tight end. Their 
tight end they thought is going to be suspended for the first four games for violations because he was so integral to the part of their offense, how they're going to be. But if anybody can adjust, it's Belichick. Hyped up about. I mean, do you think what team are you excited to see? I mean, I'm pumped up about the college football coming this weekend. Oh, yeah. and, uh, the, and, Florida, the Florida uh, Miami game, the sloppies of what was, was so much entertaining than all the exhibition games we saw. But let yeah, me say, college football. I, College yeah, was but by let far, me go line. back to something. The, the late, great Jim Bowden, who died over the summer, who wrote the best book I ever, sports book I ever read, Ball which four. was Ball Four. And he said this big problem was owners say it's a business when we say it's a sport. When we say it's a business, they say it's a sport. I mean, it's just, it's, it is pretty much, that's the structure, and it's been that way for 150 years. But yeah, I'm waiting college football because it's so – even though we know it's going to be Clemson, Alabama, they're always the new stars we see. The rookies in the NFL, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see that. I mean, it's just the joy of watching football. I mean, everywhere I went today, people were excited. Oh, you know, football starts tonight. Clemson, George Tech, football starts. And it's just something in the air. We know that you're going to have football games from, from Thursday night to Monday night, from now to Christmas. Uh, so Sorry, Nate. That's all right. I'm. I'm just say I'm pretty excited about college football. College football is great because every game is somewhat memorable because there's guys that are like seniors that are playing their last season, right? They're just leaving everything on the field, regardless if it's a blowout, regardless if it's um, you know a conference game, a non-conference game. You, you, there's so much more heart and desire, and I feel like you don't get that in the NFL. You still you'd get that with some players, but. You know, I think you see that senior leadership coming out in college football. Then you've got your bands, which is just a really cool thing. I mean, the the, the fact that the fight songs play after first downs, after touchdowns, um, the 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 little quirks that every team has, the little traditions that all these teams have. You know, you've got the Rock Howard's Rock for Clemson. You've got you know, play like a champion sign for for Notre Dame. You've got the Go Blue sign that they all hit at the 50-yard line for Michigan. I mean, you've got all these like different things that are just, I mean, the Colorado Buffalo, the Buffalo actually runs out on the field. Um, There's just something about it. Like I can watch college football game after college football game on the weekend where I think honestly in the NFL, I'll watch a few games, but if Mm -hmm. I get, unless it's got a fantasy relevance to me, like I, I might just burn out by the last game or by Monday Night Football. I might just be burned out. You know what I mean? I, right. It's unless it's my team or a game I'm really interested in. A lot of times, Monday Night Football is just like, eh, okay. Like you know, I've I've either lost or won in fantasy, or I've got you know a kicker or a defense. But you know, it's unless the defense goes nuts, it's not going to happen. So by halftime, you realize, all right, this isn't going to happen for me. Or hey, I'm going to yes. win this week. Yeah. So you know NFL, I mean? I'm a mercenary. I just want to see how my fantasy team is doing because <laughs> Lions are so horrible. I've given up on them. But with college football, I'm a fan. And last year, you always see some stupid college decisions, right? That's what makes it a little fun and a little crazy. Like uh, Michigan went up to play Michigan State, and before the game started, some Michigan guys are out there stretching. And Michigan State's coach, uh, D'Antonio, decides to say, oh, all you guys link your arms and walk across the field, and those guys will have to get off the field from stretching. And... Michigan guys didn't, and after they pushed through the line, uh, Devin Bush, you probably saw it, used his cleats to tear up 
the Sparty logo. And man, you thought he had killed somebody's mother after he did that. I mean, the passion with that. Can you think of another situation uh, last, last couple of years of college football where a college kid makes a dumb college choice? Baker Baker Mayfield, when he put planted the flag in yes. Ohio State. Although as much as I hate Ohio State, I actually kind of like that one. Or, um, I remember that hurt his status when he was when going into the draft, all those little antics on the sidelines when he – Made an unprofessional gesture um, during a <laughs> game two, one. but You're number one. Um, I swear I, I thought you were going to say when Baker Mayfield ran from the cops in Arkansas, but <laughs> and bad decisions. Uh, that's well, you saw it in the in the Miami uh, Florida game. I mean, there was a lot of late hits and pushing out of bounds, and uh, it's it's that's 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 twenty one and twenty year old kids. That's just the aspect of it. And I think that's the humanizing thing. I mean, you're going to have that in almost all the games. That's why I hate the eye in the sky in college football because you'll have guys that are a little unsportsmanlike, and usually it's a defensive back. And after the penalty is called, you'll get that call down from the eye in the sky, and they'll kick him out for the, the remainder of the game. And depending if it's in the second half, they'll kick him out uh, for the first half of the next game. That's the one thing in officiating I don't care for too much. But that's, I mean, the fact that they get that, worked up i mean pro football games guys are traded and you know they're going against guys they were played with at some point but in college football they bleed blue uh, maize blue for or it's the pre-games like they meet yeah they meet at 50 yard line and they're just jawing at each other and that just gets my juices going last week i asked you guys what position because both of you guys played high school football which position did you like to hang out with? And you both said offensive line. So did my son David. But I didn't ask you which position did you least like to hang out with, Nate. You know, I was trying to think about that. I, I think maybe wide receivers, but it just depends on the group. I mean, my but high school were team, we were all receiver. pretty good. Um, yeah, but you know, there's kind of, there's a little bit of arrogance to your, to some of the wide receivers I've seen out there, but honestly on my high school team, like I, I got along with all my wide receivers, but I've seen wide receivers that kind of just, I mean, you've seen like Antonio Brown, you see these guys, you see what they're doing on Twitter, Madonna's. stuff like, yeah, th- those kind of things where I think it's, you know, uh, some of the antics and things like that, where obviously the linemen are just a lot of fun and, um, you know, they're just, they're big guys they're big goofy guys and they have, uh, I think honestly, one of the guys on my high school football team, he was the long snapper, got a perfect score on his SAT. So hey. you know he's a big goofy guy, but you know smart guy. So you know that, that's what's fun. But I, yeah, I think I would guess. I'm, I'm interested to see what Ernest says, but I mean, I think um, I would say wide receivers, maybe. What do you think, Ernest? What, what do you kickers? Kickers. They're not football <laughs> players. Oh. They don't practice with the team. They go off in the corner. Like, you know, they're more superior. They want they don't they don't hit the sled. They don't run the forty. So is a punter worse than a place kicker? Uh, yeah, pretty much both of them are useless. Oh, See, wow. in my high school, one of our one of our running backs was also the kicker. Oh, so he well, was a cool kicker. Different. You weren't allowed He's to just a running be back that kicks. He's not a punter that plays running back. He's a football player. But these guys who specialize and, and again in 10 years, we won't have kickoffs and we won't have extra points, so they'll really be out of a job. But these aren't real. I mean, they don't they don't run. They don't do the leg crunches. They don't do the push-ups. They don't do the drills. They go in their little corner and they kick by themselves. And uh, No, they're not real football players. It's always funny to see the other players when a kicker misses a kick. 
some people avoid them like the plague, and other players go up and say, hey, that's okay, man, and all that kind of stuff. And so when you guys, when your kicker missed or did a bad play, did you go over and encourage them or avoid them like the plague? We have, I, I avoided him. He was, uh, we had at that time was one of the rare soccer style because this was the early 70s. And and we actually 1870s, favored 1870s, 1870s, <laughs> yes. We were playing there. First age we joke for tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just didn't hang out with him. Now, our punter was our quarterback, so that, that he was a quarterback that kicked. But no, our extra point kicker, no, no, didn't hang out with. Them. Why? They didn't. They're not part of the team. <laughs> if you're part of the team, you go through the runs, you, you go through the suicides, you do everything. You go under the barbed fence, you do the, the Oklahoma drill, you do the bull in the ring. They didn't do that. They went off and kicked the off bull the, in the ring. What's yeah, the, bull the bull in the ring? ring. Bull in the ring is you circle around and the coach assigns you a number. Every player gets a number. And he'll call two numbers, and you have to slam to each other in the middle of the circle until one man's on the ground. I love those drills. Those are so much fun. Because at, at my size, I wasn't expected to win those, so I'd pick the biggest guy. And if I won one out of three, oh, it was it was awesome. It was, it was fun. The coaches loved me because I'd always pick the biggest guys. Because I kind of figured, you know what, when I play in games, I'm going to go up against bigger guys, so why not get used to it? We used to have this one called the bone. Have you heard of that one? Where what they do is it was like a, basically a relay baton just coated with athletic tape. And the coach would throw it in there and one of us has to come out with it. And you have to wrestle. You have to wrestle with your full pads mm-hmm. on and everything like that. The fumble I mean, drill. Can, the fumble yeah. drill. When they throw it, it was, on the ground, uh, you had to come up with it. Yeah, but this was, this was, called, the, this was called the bone. This is what they called it the bone. So that was kind of cool. Um, that was fun too. But no, I, I liked I think I'd make them rename that drill. Yeah, I know. Keep it a clean program. Paul, you didn't tell us who you didn't want to hang out with, but you like everybody, Paul. Yeah, well, I didn't play high school football. I chose hockey instead, and I was the goalie, so that was people didn't hang out with me. Everybody voted you, right? (laughs) So when they scored on me as a goalie, I got both of them. I had people that avoided me. I had people that come back and say, hey, come on, you can get it the next time. And then one time we had a really bad loss of Traverse City, Michigan, I mean, we went to this game, and they had their own homecoming for hockey. I mean, who has a homecoming for hockey outside of Canada? So we play them. We're losing really bad. I think the score is like 11-2, to two, and I'm having my worst game ever as goalie. And um, after the 11th goal, this one player came back. I don't know if he's going to avoid me or say, hey, way to go, but he just came back and said, you suck. <laughs> and then he skated <laughs> away. And I couldn't argue with him. That was like the worst game ever, so... We, we had a situation when I was broadcasting and Richmond was playing independence for the Eastern Championship, this champ, chance to go to the state championship game. And the kicker had been inconsistent all year. He uh, missed the kick that would have put him in the state championship game. Now, this was before the movie Friday Night Lights that came out. And this was told to me secondhand, so I didn't see it. But the story was, uh, because we were broadcasting out of Charlotte, by the time he came home, People put real estate signs oh. in his <laughs> Oh, wow. That's like in Friday Night Lights, right? Yeah, but this was before the movie and before the book had come out. And 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 knowing that particular individual, I don't feel too bad for him in that respect. But that's just, uh, again, kickers, they come out and they 
win the game, the kick, and it's the old Gerald Yuprimian, I kick a touchdown. That that the whole thing that now Nate doesn't know who Gerald Yuprimian is. Gerald Yuprimian was the kicker for the the Miami Dolphins, and he was Armenian. And he oh, was, was he uh, the one that tried to throw the ball in the, in the in Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl and five? It. Yeah, and actually he started out. He was with the Lions. It's one of the few players the Lions got rid of that actually uh, probably hey, was hey. no piling on. Okay. Flag for piling and, on. Uh, and they brought him in. He's, at that time, soccer-style kickers were a rarity in that respect. Long. And he was a fairly consistent kicker, but it was a bad snap, and he tried to throw the ball, and Mike Bass picked it up because of the game at that time. That was the year the Dolphins went undefeated. That's that's the season that you see Mercury Morris break out the champagne for every year when the last team that's undefeated loses a game. Uh, that was the 73 Dolphins. And he made a game that was a blowout, essentially close, because uh, Billy Kilmer had a chance to win the game last series of downs. And it was 14-7, Dolphins won, undefeated 17-0 oh. season. That's the legend of Gero Yuprimi. There you go. Yeah, I've seen it on like the NFL films. So we That's have one more sp- topic for tonight. we got to wrap it up here in about five minutes. Um, Wait, before we do, do you guys remember those kickers that used to do barefoot, one foot in a cleat, and one foot Tony in a Franklin. Foot? Yeah, Tony those Franklin. Those are so weird. Tony Franklin so of the Eagles. Well, yeah, I mean, that's now you can't do it. Now in the NFL, you have to have a shoe on. And they had a couple that did socks also. And that's so funny to me. It's just, yeah, it's so funny to me. But the NFL's passed a rule since then that you have to have uh, some shoe on. That's like T. Uh, in the early 60s, you could use a T. It was a flat piece of rubber, and they would snap it, and the, the holder would put it on that T. And colleges actually still are available to use the T, but the NFL took that out about 72 or 73. To mm. mm. Paul's ever our closing question of the night. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Um, so Sports Illustrated most famous issue all year long is swimsuit edition. Right. Okay. But what is ESPN when they had a magazine? What was their most famous issue? The body well, one. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna be their last issue. Their last yeah, issue is uh, coming up with so this is the humor for tonight. What professional sports player would you least want to see? On the body issue for ESPN. CC Sabathia. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Ooh, Jabba the Hutt? Is that what you're saying? Oh, 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 oh. Yes. I, now we're body shaming, Paul. Oh, I mean, we're really so politically incorrect. Uh, 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 Takeo fell. Who? I don't want to see seven foot seven of naked. <laughs> wow. Ooh. The the uh, Celtics uh undrafted free agent. The guy was UCF when they played Duke this year. He's seven foot seven and probably 180 pounds. I was thinking Bartolo Colon would not be my first choice. Well, he's not active now, so wouldn't that oh, be active? Well, what a relief. Wow. But um I think, yeah, I think CeCe Zabath would be <laughs> he yeah, you know, I was gonna say his nickname, Bartolo Colon, is you remember El Guape and Three Amigos? Uh, yes. That's which is you know the translation for that is Frog Face, but I, <laughs> I think that would be uh, El Guape. That would be his his nickname for Bartolo Camon, who did play for twenty two years. So you got to give him a hand. He did last in the majors that long. Nice. He did. Damn. All right, we're gonna wrap it up with our last <laughs> takes as. 
you know, Nate gets choked up thinking about Bartolo Colon. Ernest, your last take. Uh, enjoy college football. Enjoy football. Again, I, I kind of ranted a little bit about the economics. That's, that's just the economics. Enjoy the sport. Enjoy guys who, who literally put their health on the line every time they go out there in the football field to entertain us. And enjoy what you see because you never know. Like an Andrew Luck, they may have to leave, and that's their choice. We all can leave our jobs at any time, and you can boo. That's America. That's the great thing. We can make these choices. So I, I Colts fans can boo. Andrew Luck can leave whenever he wants. I have no problem with either one of these. All right, Nate, we've given you some time. You've gathered your thoughts. Any last remarks? Well, I first was going to throw out, um, we did mention something in this in Trumbull Dads, but uh, at the Little League World Series, they did the. They recognized the 30th anniversary of the 1989 Trumbull Little League team that won the Little League World Series that year against uh, Tap High, and they were the big heavy underdogs. Uh, they represented the United States and beat Tap High. Um, How did those guys uh, look now? Uh, they look older. There's a few <laughs> of them. A few of them can that Drury, are still around. Can Chris Drury still play hockey? I'm sure he can probably. Does still he still play, have play hair? Hockey. Um, I'm. I didn't see. I think he had a hat on when that when they did the ceremony. Uh, but anyway, that's what Trumbull is kind of known for is uh, the '89 World Little League World Series. Um, other than that, I'm excited for Notre Dame to start either disappointing me or getting me excited. But uh, they play Louisville, I think Monday. What is with all these games starting on Thursdays, Fridays, and Monday and two? Like, come money, on, let's money, just keep it. Let's just keep it to Saturday. I love I love having 20 different games on at the same time to pick from. On Saturdays, oh, it's the best. Well, it's Labor Day weekend, and and because the NFL starts a week late, that that Labor Day night is usually an ACC game, and technically Notre Dame is quasi ACC in every sport, but football. They have an agreement with they have an agreement with the ACC. Yeah, yeah. I mean Not that's the they're they're quasi because they're in every sport except hockey and football. They're in basketball and baseball and all that. And, and it, it, it's the ACC, and again this. This is kind of getting interest for the new ACC network, which is ESPN debuted last week. Paul, Paul, do you know this, Ernest? You probably do. Do you know what conference Notre Dame plays hockey in? Big Ten? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what football conference would kill to get Notre Dame in? The Big Ten. (laughs) Yeah, they've tried many times. I'm looking forward to this weekend college football, but, boy, you might have to give me a phone call, guys, if some – Huge upset happens on Saturday evening. Michigan's playing Middle Tennessee State at 7.30 in the evening. And I don't know, ever since Appalachian State, I always get nervous about the first game. So Beware the Blue Raiders! Blue Raiders, yes. All right. For Nate and Ernest, I'm Paul Arnold. If you have any comments, send it to connect at greatamericanman.org. And you can listen to Trumbull Dads or Boys of Summer. There's some other podcasts we have there as well. So for these guys, have a great night.